This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now, that time, 822, you're tuned in to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today, the 15th of June, in studio with us this morning, Rita Shacklett, director of the Rutherford County Library System. How are you this morning? I'm great, Scott. How are you? I'm Other good. than a little warm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> hot out there. And yeah. Man, this past weekend was really warm. Woo. I think uh, Sunday it got to 95.6, and I tried to sit outside for a little bit and read, and... <laughs> Uh, I couldn't breathe, so I went back in the house. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, because so. the heat index, I, I think it felt like 100 or so. I don't know what it actually was, but, man, it was very uh, warm. I don't either, and it was really warm Friday, and the weird thing was we were out uh, that evening, and when the storm started coming through, it literally must have dropped 10 or 20 degrees. You could ob- It was an obvious feel. It was like all of a sudden it was cool, and it was so nice, and, of course, then the rain came, but... You know, that's the one good thing about rain. It does cool things off. Sometimes. Sometimes. When it doesn't, it's just muggy and... Like in the dead of summer, that's yeah. when the rain just feels like nothing. Right. <laughs> right. It just evaporates, I think, about the time it hits. But, oh, well. So Seasons how, are good. That's right. How How is the summer reading program going? Oh, I was at Limeball Friday, and it was so good to walk in and hear children's laughter and chattering and... You know, obviously we're not seeing them in the droves that we saw before, but it's so good to see kids back in the library. Now, we're still doing hybrid programs, and we've got some virtual programs and things like that, but they're starting to have some more story times, you know, on site. And and I was at Smyrna yesterday and Eagleville, and it's just, I don't know, it feels good to, to hear kids' laughter again. Yeah, and, you know, just last month in May, in Eagleville, you guys had the big fundraiser for that library there. We did. We did. The uh, foundation um, had it over at Jonathan Harmon's house on Main Street, and we were able to profit uh, or raise for the Eagleville Library about $30,000, $35,000, and that was their first fundraiser to ever have. So we're looking to have another one next year. I'm not sure where the profits will go for that, but each year that they have it, it will benefit something different so what is that going to mean for that library in eagleville over the next 12 months right now it's just going to sit there um obviously they need a new building but thirty thousand is not going to go very far no <laughs> but no. you know down the road it, it could really benefit so we're just kind of holding on to it for right now and seeing what we can find out so if anybody knows of any land there's no no real building that's adequate for a library because you have to have 150 square foot uh, pounds per square foot for weight bearing for shelving and books and things like that so a lot of the existing buildings can't handle that kind of weight so do you foresee the library in eagleville staying where it is and building something there or something else a different location in eagleville probably some other property in Eagleville. Um, it'd be lovely if somebody wanted to give us some property. <laughs> like right there on the main uh, road? Yeah. Where? Well, we'll take it anywhere because Eagleville, it's easy to get to pretty much anywhere you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, 
they service you know Rockville and what Chapel Hill and Union is it Union City and a so, lot of those. So you know people come from not just from Eagleville uh, to use that library, and they've really outgrown it quite a while back. But we're just going to have to make do for right now. So really, anywhere between I don't know the outskirts of Eagleville, closer to Rockville, towards the center of Eagleville would be a good place right. to build, I guess. Right. They'd love to have it like in downtown Eagleville, but that would be kind of cool. Yeah. But I'm not sure where that would be. You know, I, I think over the next few years, I think we're going to see more growth in downtown Eagleville mm-hmm. and it's going to be really unique growth. Not like what we see in Murphy's bro. It's going to be small mom and pop shops, right? But that's right. what's going to make it stand out. And they've started having first Friday things, um, downtown, uh, and the shops are open and I think there's more shops and some restaurants and things and and really having good turnouts and so that's exciting and there are more and more families moving out in that direction so yeah Eagleville is changing in good ways for sure there's definitely more developing going on out there more houses being right. built. you know it's wild if you compare Eagleville today to let's say 1990 even the change is huge. Oh, it is. But, you know, you've got a lot of farmers that, you know, the kids don't live here, don't really want to farm, or they can't make a living farming. So what do you do with all that land? Yeah. And so you start building subdivisions and you start getting families, which means more children and, you know, which is good. I mean, that's that's great. But where do we put them? And how do we have story time for a bunch of kids at Eagleville? Because it's just a little old. it's like about 1200 square feet in there it's like one big room but it's full of book stacks that can't move or you know so so the staff at eagleville's library are they there every day is it monday through friday uh it is monday through saturday um they have recently adjusted their hours they didn't used to be open on wednesdays now they're open from one to hmm is it six or seven six i believe um, and then on Saturdays, I think till one, okay, from nine to one. But the rest of the days, the and it's just one. Uh, Donna Jordan is the branch supervisor there, and then she has a part-time person that helps her out. So I, I'm curious because that library is almost right across the street from Eagleville School, which yes. is K through twelfth grade. You know, in these days, a lot of kids don't go to the library like they used to because of the internet. But, you know, years past, was that library just a booming location for children who would walk across the street to go to it? Um, I don't really know. Um, We took that building over or took the library into the system in 2005. Uh, It was established several years before that. I'm not sure of the exact date, but um, they... It was for the whole community, and I don't know how many kids actually walked across, but families came, and, you know, they didn't do, like, story times and stuff, and they were open very limited hours. Um, and even when we first started, uh, we, it was it was very limited hours. Well, when you look at the student population at Eagleville, a lot of the kids don't live in Eagleville. You have, a, of course, a big percentage that do live in Eagleville, right. but then you also have a big percentage that live in Rockville and even closer to Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a little different from most schools, I think, because A, it's out in the country more so, but B, it is one of those schools that parents for years have gotten zone waivers to send their kids there because right. it has that small town feel. Well, in K through 12, I mean, goodness, 
I don't know that even in Murfreesboro when I was a kid, it wasn't. I mean, we had, well, we didn't have kindergarten, but <laughs> back in the dark ages, we didn't have kindergarten. Uh, it was, you know, a lot of the churches did kindergartens, but it was first through eighth grade. We didn't yeah. have middle schools, but then you had high schools. But to have a K through 12, that's really unusual. It, it's unique. It, it really is. I think their senior graduating class this past school year was around 70 students. Oh, wow. Which, you know, you go to other towns other cities counties you don't see classes that small usually Mm -mm. no matter of fact we've been working on our 50th class reunion from central which was supposed to be this year (laughs) Ah. which will probably be next year we'll put it off a year but we had over 400 back uh, then in 19 mm -hmm. (laughs) no i actually i was 1971 so i was the next to the last graduating class at central and we had 400 and it was close to 460 people just in the senior class wow so so that's going to be a a big class reunion we had our at our 40th we had close to 150 of our classmates there of course now we've lost about probably about 50 wow um out of that but uh and we've got a few we don't know where they are but so if you're listening and you're in class of 1971 contact me (laughs) facebook or wherever but uh or somebody in the class so we can get your information and i like how y'all are doing something unique by having a a 51st class well and we may end up having a a joint one with the class of 72 which was the last Ah. graduating class before oakland and riverdale came along that'd be a good idea uh, so we've been talking with them to see if we can't combine and do something that way where would you have a class reunion like this Would, would it be at like embassy suites or would it be at central you know we used to have them the the 10th the 20th and the 30th was always at the country club Hmm. because that's where you had proms and things like that all the dances because we didn't really have space at central our 40th we had it on site at central Uh and dr ash let us come and we had it was it was a lot of fun and we had a reunion of the football team football players and band and we got to tour the school and and it was it was a lot of fun a lot of fun a lot of good memories and so i don't know that we'd do that again and that was the 40th right right and bill's class actually had it at the grove which was really nice so someplace that can accommodate probably 150 200 people but as we get older we get more casual we don't really we don't really want to dress up anymore and and dance the night away Uh, well they they there's still some out there that can do that not me but but there are some but it's it's just fun to see classmates and it's it's interesting to see how many people still stay in touch with murfreesboro even if they don't live here so as we move closer to the square and we have the library on vine at church right what is the future looking like for that location of the library because i mean things are going to change around downtown murfreesboro in years to come because i understand from the mayor that south church street is going to eventually become one of those main entrances into downtown murfreesboro right and we don't really know what that holds for us um our board library board has just set up a committee um an ad hoc committee for future planning um because it's not just about whether line ball moves or stays where it is or whatever it's where do we need more branches 
Um, we, we hear, we've heard for a number of years about Blackman, and Blackman wants a branch out there. And with as many people that are in Blackman and all the schools that are out that direction, a branch library would be great. We just want to grow smart. We don't want to just put a library somewhere to be put in a library. And so, you know, we're really trying to look at demographics and, and where, and, and what does a library look like? Coming out of the pandemic, public libraries don't necessarily look like what they did before. And so what kind of, we haven't been enough on the other side to know, you know, we know some of the services like curbside and things like that are, are very popular, but you know, what kind of trends are, are gonna be out there? What kind of services will we be offering? Some of the th things that we've always done will still be there, but what else do we need to be offering? And what, so what does that building look like to accommodate something like that? Do we need a drive-through window? I've always wanted a library with That'd a drive-through. That'd be cool. I've always wanted one. So maybe I can get one before I retire. That's right. <laughs> Rita Shacklett with us, director of the Rutherford County Library System. And you know, the city of Murfreesboro, with the idea of building a park in the Blackman area that they've, I think, talked more and more recently over the last couple of days, in fact, about having at least 100 acres for a park out there right. where before, you know, just last month, the talk was, well, we'll have a smaller area for a park and more of a business park around it. But now they're going back to more of a larger park, 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 right. not a business park. Right. But I've heard a lot of people in the community talk at some of those hearings, those public hearings, about the idea of bringing in a library to the park system. And that is not uncommon, Scott. A lot of, we've been talking with the state librarian and archivist, Chuck Sherrill, and with Kent Oliver, who is over the uh, Nashville Public Library, and a couple of um, library building consultants and people like that, just to kind of get their take on what trends and services are out there and what it's going to look like and every one of them said if you can and it's not always possible but if you can build either in or near green space that is and I look at Smyrna who has the Rock Park they're right there and people they can do storybook walks they can do things outside when it's not 95 degrees yeah. but <laughs> well, they got tons of trees out there they do and there's a nice walking trail and so having that combination and really having things with community centers like what Eagleville does or look at MGL inside of Patterson Park and having that partnership with them and collaborating with you know with that space and and staff and to be able to use you know multi-purpose programming and things like that. I mean, the MGL Library works really close with the Patterson staff to offer things during the summer with their camps for kids. You know, I was reading an article about libraries and what they'll look like in the future. And, you know, of course, it highlighted technology as being the big thing. And, you know, Rutherford County Library System is on board with that for sure. Right. But another item that it pointed out, and I never, never thought about this, was autism and autistic children coming mm -hmm. to the library more often in the future and having more interactive things for them to do. And, you know, I started thinking, it seems like the number of autism cases or diagnoses is up. Right. I don't know if it's because we're more aware or if there's more children who are autistic these days. I don't know. And, you know, it's kind of like some of the other things, ADHD and some of that, that, that we always labeled it as something else because we didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, and now they're calling it the spectrum. And there's so many l different levels of the spectrum that, you know, 
we when they have identified some of those it's like oh i know somebody that's like that oh, i never really never thought about that because yeah. there's some really high functioning that just they're on that somewhere on that spectrum that you know there's just but you know people are people yeah and we need to just be kind to one another and and i and i agree we we had at one point uh mgl actually had a sensory story time there are things like that out there and those are great those are great and they have manipulatives and things like that that the kids can can use in little reading tents and things where they're not bombarded by a lot of noise or things like that and the other the other issue is homeschoolers yeah there's a lot of providing resources for homeschoolers and i think right now we have probably a record number of homeschoolers because of the pandemic right and not just future homeschoolers or ones that will continue to homeschool but with the distance learning and stuff it's been invaluable to have resources available through the library system whether it's databases because we have tons of them digital books um audio books all kinds of things so even if we weren't open to the public at the time you still had resources yeah and we actually have a real virtual school now within the rutherford county school system really yeah of over 100 students oh my goodness i didn't know that and it has nothing to do with the pandemic but it just so happened that it started last year but yeah it's we i mean definitely more and more children are going to be doing things out of the classroom and at home right which means better use of the library system right because it's still important that you're around people that you learn social skills and things like that and how to interact that's one of my biggest fears coming out of the pandemic is you know we've been so cloistered at home and not being able to be around people and i don't know about you but i've been in a few circumstances recently where we've been able to get out with groups of people and our Kiwanis group just celebrated with a banquet last week for their 100th year of being a Kiwanis club. And we laughed and <laughs> talked, and, and it felt so good to be in a room with, like, 50 people. and Real people. And we had our meeting the next day, and we were still talking about it and <sighs> laughing, and it just felt good. We, As a society, as, as human beings, we need each other. We need that contact with each other. I, I thought you were going to say we... Uh got together didn't know what to do forgot how to interact (laughs) just stood there i don't know some some of it well not that group (laughs) (laughs) we got to take a short break and when we come back i've got this uh, audio clip here to play that was put together in one of your podcast studios in the library right and i guess that was the main podcast studio is what over there behind we have one at the tech on the hobgood campus but we also have one at mgl okay so So. at at least two locations Mm -hmm. for podcasting yeah We're going to take a short break, and we will come right back to learn more about the Rutherford County Library System. Time right now, 841. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurants. One of the things when we were looking at trying to craft our menu to help those who are dieting is the side dishes. A lot of times we were so used to eating starches and unhealthy side dishes. In addition to our spinach, which we've had on the menu from the start, we've added zucchini and green beans, but we've also added broccoli. The broccoli is properly steamed so it's not too soft and not too hard. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs online at tireworld.us. 
Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. True American hero, Norm Elzir. We talked to a World War II veteran. What would be the closest moment to death? Was that being shot down that one time? Were you ever oh, captured or anything like no, that? No, we weren't captured. I landed in a tree and I was unconscious. I woke up, there were three rifles pointed at me. Strange uniforms. One guy says, Englishki, Amerikanski, Germanski. And I said, American. And he cut me down and hugged me. These were the Chetnik people that took care of us. That was really something. There was a guy by the name of General Draza Mihalovich, general of the king's army, and the king was deposed by the Tito, the communists. But this general told his people, you take care of the Americans. He always did that. Tell us how you got rescued. A gentleman by the name of Vajoinovich, he was in the OSS, which is the CIA today. They had put together this idea of coming in and getting us with airplanes. They come in with C-47s. Each C-47 had six P-51 escorts. And they come in, it was about one in the morning. And I was on the first plane out because I was sick at the time. That's what the book, The Forgotten 500, refers to. They actually flew out over time, 500, saved us. And all of our names, there were rescues in the back of that book. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. Mark your calendars for the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th, 17th, and 18th at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1688 Middle Tennessee Boulevard. $7 gets you in for the whole weekend, so bring the family. Parking's free and food and drinks are available inside the venue. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hello from the Rutherford County Library System. This is Amanda bringing you library news and events from our five branches around the county and what's going on at your library system. Remember, during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, most facilities are operating at fully open schedules, but masks are highly recommended for the unvaccinated and social distancing guidelines are strongly encouraged. Most library events and classes still continue to be offered virtually. Please check our calendar at rclstn.org and social media for a full list of virtual and in-person programming and events. Curbside service is available Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sunday 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. 
Rainbow Book Month is a nationwide celebration of the authors and writings that reflect the lives and experiences of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, pansexual, genderqueer, queer, intersex, agender, and asexual communities. As of 2020, GLBT Book Month, celebrated by the American Library Association since 2015, has been renamed Rainbow Book Month in coordination with the Rainbow Roundtable's name change in 2019. Originally established in the early 1990s by the Publishing Triangle as National Lesbian and Gay Book Month, this occasion is an opportunity for book lovers and libraries with the very best in LGBTQIA literature. Rainbow Book Month includes upcoming announcements for the first and longest enduring award for the LGBTQIA literature, the Stonewall Book Award as well as the Rainbow Book List of LGBTQIA books for kids and teens and the Over the Rainbow Book List for books for adult readers. For more information and resources about Rainbow Book Month, visit ALA.org. ALA has launched their annual Fiscal Year 2022 Fund Libraries campaign. Your help is needed starting now until the final budget is signed in order to ensure that libraries are fully funded in the next fiscal year. Things are a bit different this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic and the recent passage of the American Rescue Plan Act. Thus, the Dear Appropriator letters have begun circulating in both the House and Senate a few weeks later than in previous years. For fiscal year 2022, the ALA is asking congressional appropriators to include funding of at least $206 million for the Library Services and Technology Act, or LSTA, and $50 million for the Innovative Approaches to Literacy, or IAL, grant program. On Friday, May 28th of 2021, President Biden released his budget proposal. The proposed funding for the LSTA and IAL are level with the fiscal year 2021 final budget, both of which received increases from the previous year. Take action now to urge your senator to hashtag fund libraries. Visit ALA.org forward slash advocacy to use the search tool and find out if your representative or senator signed on to support the funding for fiscal year 2022. Now let's hear from Limeball U Services. This is Katie Turner, the Youth Services Coordinator at Linebaugh. This is Emily Garrett, Youth Services Assistant at Linebaugh. Our Tales and Tales summer reading program is in full swing. It's so great to see our friends back in the library. If you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. You can come to Linebaugh Public Library to sign up or sign up online at rclstn.org. We're hosting a hybrid summer reading program this year. For those who want to participate virtually, you can join in all of our online programs through the Rutherford County Library System's Facebook page and Zoom. We'll have virtual performances on Mondays from some of your favorite entertainers. Tuesdays will feature virtual expeditions where kids can learn more about our world and the creatures in it. New themed quest kits will be available to pick up each Monday during the summer reading program while supplies last. We're also offering teen cooking kits starting each Monday. With the overwhelming response they've received, we've decided to offer more kits each week. We'll also post the recipe along with the video on Facebook each Monday afternoon, so you can cook along with the staple ingredients you might already have on hand. We've also had a great turnout for our story times. Thursday mornings, we are offering story time outside on the Civic Plaza in front of Limbaugh Library, weather permitting. We're also planning some amazing hands-on Exploration Friday events, including family favorite summer movies and a Backyard Habitats event with special guests from the Discovery Center and Master Gardeners Association. 
All of our in-person events are by advanced registration only, so please give us a call at 615-893-4131, extension 114, or visit our calendar of events page on the rclstn.org website. And everyone is invited to the grand finale from 10 to noon on July 13th, where we'll have a special performance from Dandy DJ. Our other big event is our father-daughter tea on June 19th from 10 a.m. to noon on the lawn of the Civic Plaza. Join us for snacks, tea, and festivities. Again, register in advance to let us know you'll be coming. For the teens and tweens, we have several virtual and in-person activities and crafts planned on Saturdays at 2 p.m. Learn how to make a graffitied beach towel, make your own monster book of monsters, and watch a classic dinosaur movie where the characters learn all about dino DNA. Lineball Public Library is a summer feeding site again this year. Lunch at Lineball will be available for children ages 0 through 18, Mondays through Thursdays, from 1045 to 1145 a.m. An extra sack lunch will be available on Thursdays. Children must be present to pick up lunch. For more information about summer reading or any of Lineball's programs, please call 615-893-4131, extension 114, or visit us online at rclstn.org. We hope to see you soon at Lineball. Stay tuned for the following public service announcement. Your library's newest streaming service, Hoopla, has broken new records. Thanks to all the love and support that you, our patrons, are showing us and our Hoopla offerings, we are beginning to meet some of our budget caps. Hoopla will let you know when the library has hit its budget for the day, but come right on back tomorrow and give that Hoopla check out another try. And hey, if you're feeling it, please contact your local city or county officials and let them know how much you love your library and Hoopla and how appreciative you are that your tax dollars provide this service, Hoopla, among many others for our community. This is Kathleen Tyree, Branch Manager of the Technology Engagement Center, reminding you, with science, there is no wrong answer. We have a Leap into Science Challenge at the Tech in the front lobby, so kids, stop in and give it a try. We'll change our challenges frequently, and there will be take-home crafts too. Hopefully, this will turn into a weekly science event later in the year, and we would love your input while we plan. On June 17th, the NASA JPL Solar System Ambassador to the Technology Engagement Center, Dr. Mark Gillette, will be back online hosting his YouTube live events. This one is titled, The First A in NASA. Now we all know that NASA stands for National Aeronautics and Space Administration, but Dr. Gillette will have a guest speaker this month. April Lynette, STEM Integration Lead for NASA's Aeronautics Research Mission Directorate, who you will interview and lead in a discussion. Take part in this YouTube Live event with the interactive live chat feature. Yes, Q&A will be available throughout the presentation. Log on to connect with other space enthusiasts, ask questions, and get answers from our NASA JPL ambassador and his guest. This event will be on Thursday, June 17th, 2021 from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. 
Visit the calendar of events on the RCLS website for the link to Dr. Gillette's YouTube channel. Should you miss the live event, don't fret. You can view the recording on his YouTube channel. This is Carol Gaddis from Lombaugh Public Library here to share with you some of our upcoming events. The Rutherford County Master Gardeners continue to provide a monthly podcast and handout that can be found at our website, rclstn.org. July's topic is all about tomatoes. If you missed an earlier podcast, no worries. They are still posted on the RCLS website. Local author Lucas DeBrito will be signing and selling copies of his book, Money Moves, at Lineball on Friday, July 16th from noon until 3 p.m. Though there is no Friends of Lineball book sale in July, you can always stop by the library and purchase a bag of books for $2 from the Friends kiosk on the first floor. Don't forget, Lineball has several groups that meet regularly each month at the library. If you're an aspiring writer, the Murfreesboro Writers Group meets every Wednesday at 6 p.m. If you enjoy knitting or crocheting, think of joining the Yarn Loves Murfreesboro group that meets on the first and third Tuesdays of the month at 6 p.m. Do you love magic? The Middle Tennessee Magic Club meets the first Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. If you're wanting to dig into your family history but don't know where to start, visit our Linda S. Smith genealogy group on the fourth Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. And last but certainly not least, check out one of our many book groups at Lineball. Descriptions, times, and reading lists can be found on our website at rclstn.org where you can also see a complete listing of all that's happening at Lineball Public Library. The summer reading program, Tales and Tales, is in full swing at the Smyrna Public Library. Register for the program in person at the Smyrna Library or on the Rutherford County Library System website, www.rclstn.org. Come into the Smyrna Public Library each Monday to pick up the Children's Virtual Safari Steam Kit. The Virtual Safari Steam Program airs on Facebook on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock a.m. Teenagers should visit the Smyrna Public Library to pick up a Blind as a Bat Taste Test Kit each week to participate in this unique and tasty virtual program on Zoom each Tuesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Outside summer events include a new story added to the Storybook Walk each Thursday in June and July. The Storybook Walk is located on the Greenway Trail that encircles the Smyrna Public Library at the J.J. McWilliams Old Rock School Park. We also invite families to join us for Bingo on the Lawn at 10 o'clock a.m. each Friday in June and on the first two Fridays in July. Special virtual performances featured on YouTube include the Runaway Puppet Theater on Monday, June 21st at 10 o'clock a.m. 
and balloon artist Scott Tripp on Monday, July 5th at 10 o'clock a.m. Smyrna Library Summer Reading Program Grand Finale with Dandy DJ will be on Wednesday, July 14th at 10 o'clock a.m. outside of the Smyrna Public Library. We look forward to seeing you this summer at the Smyrna Public Library located at 400 Enon Springs Road West in Smyrna, Tennessee. system is comprised of five branches and a bookmobile throughout Rutherford County, including Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Eagleville, Patterson Park, and the Technology Engagement Center. For a list of all events you heard here today and more information, please call 615-893-4131 or visit rclstn.org. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time, 8.58, you're tuned into WGNS. It's like 10 seconds away from 8.59, so I might as well say 8.59. That's where you go. Rita Shacklett with us, director of the Rutherford County Library System, and that's pretty much going to close everything out, and we have all of our updates now for the library system so as we close this morning hours of the library downtown murfreesboro what what is that nine to nine monday through thursday nine to five friday saturday one to six on sunday sounds good so and you can always check our hours for all our locations um, on our website at rclstn.org sounds good well thank you for joining us this morning thank you scott nine o'clock and local news comes your way next mm-hmm.